In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Revisionist Faith. Red and I are ecstatic for today's episode because we have a special guest with us who we will be introducing shortly. But first, let's set the stage for today's episode. Manifestation, physical energies, and other new age practices require us to look into ourselves to find the truth because we have the complete power to control our destiny. I think the most important thing we can take away is that it focuses on constructing truth rather than learning truth. This is super important because constructing subjective truths leave us with more mysteries and are unsubstantial for the future generations of Orthodox Christians. Subjective truths dilute the power in each teaching, practice, tradition, and overall structure Christ left us. Right, Leah, and we just want to give a disclaimer that the purpose of this podcast is to shed light on this topic. We came about this topic while scrolling through TikTok aimlessly, you know, at like midnight, right? And seeing these topics come up again and again on Instagram, um, suggestions and things like that. So we also want to disclaim that we don't want to make judgments on certain practices or people who follow these things, but we are we do want to make this connection of what is happening in our generation and the theme of revisionist faith and set set the tone straight. And I'm so excited to introduce Father Anthony from Saint Timothy and Saint Athanasius STSA Church, um, which is a Coptic church here in Arlington, Virginia. And you may know Father Anthony from his podcast, The Well, or on YouTube. He's widely known there. He's also the author of Whatever God. And he is here to discuss this relevant and thought-provoking topic. And his, the church or The Well aims to bring the ancient faith to a modern world. And we're so happy to have you here with us, Father Anthony. So thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. This is a fun topic. Thank you so much, Father Anthony, for for being here with us. I I think that, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of ways in which uh, kind of younger adults or uh, people within the faith are kind of revising the teachings of Christ to kind of fit this modern world. So for today's topic of spirituality or new age spirituality, um, we'd just like to kind of hear your thoughts uh, about it and whether you've seen it to be, you know, relevant in kind of this younger population. Yeah, absolutely. And I, even as you were giving that introduction, I, I jotted down a, a term that you used was constructing truth. Um, and I think that's a, that's a great term to describe what we see today, which is people trying to piece it together like a puzzle or like a building or um, like Legos, where we always know that truth is not a concept. Okay, truth is a person, you know, and even absolute truth, subjective truth, truth is Christ. Okay. Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So when we talk about truth, we're talking about a person who is our Lord Jesus Christ, and he is the truth of God. And he is the truth, whether it's science or nature, whatever it may be, he is the truth. And he can only be revealed. He cannot be figured out. Okay. Truth is not something that I can 
okay, if I sit in my room and I kind of get a pencil and paper, okay, I think I figured out what truth is. Truth is a person, okay, and it can only be revealed. And the only truth that we know today is what God has revealed to us, you know, I mean, like even we talk about science. Science is simply what God has chosen to reveal to us, but there are many mysteries Okay, which God has not yet revealed to us. And, you know, as time goes, you know, God reveals more and more and he gives us the ability and he gives us technology, et cetera, et cetera. So I love the idea of discovering truth and God, God revealing truth and us discovering it as opposed to us constructing it. So, yes, great topic. Excited to be here and discuss it. Great. Um, we're excited as well. So we've broken up this episode into we have here four misconceptions about this topic. And we want to start off with the first misconception, which states, I'm spiritual, not religious. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to talk about this topic. Like, why do you think people want to identify as spiritual rather than uh, religious? And what does it mean to be spiritual in the orthodox sense? So the, the way culture works is culture is all about trends and fads. So certain things become popular for a time and then they die down and something else. So what's popular now is this idea of religious equals bad and religious equals hypocrite. And culture today loves to pick on religious. Okay. And I'm, and I'm not here to bash culture. I'm not here to say that, you know, everything out there is bad. You know, we just, I'm not saying like that. Um, There's a lot of good out there, but what I will say is that it's, it's a very, um, I want to say this. I like when you say we're not here to insult or anything like that. It's a ridiculous concept to say that because one Christian or one religious person is a hypocrite or is bad, then the whole thing is bad. Okay. That's like me saying like in every field, like there are bad doctors, but that doesn't make medicine bad. There are bad police officers, but it doesn't make law enforcement bad. There are bad politicians. Well, we'll leave politicians aside. <laughs> that might be the one exception to the rule. But bottom line is, like you, you're listening to this podcast. You, whatever your profession is, they're bad architects, they're bad engineers, they're bad whatever, they're bad moms. Doesn't make all moms bad. Saint Augustine once said, "We never judge a philosophy by its abuse." So you cannot judge Christianity or the church or religious by the abuse of it and by the misuse of it. Okay. To do so, you would basically have to discount every single human being because everyone is in a category that's bad. So with that said, okay, you know, that's kind of like the one said, that's what I would say to those who are saying, you know, religious is bad, religious is bad. But what I want to say to us who are inside the church, I want to say that it's not our job to bash culture, which says this statement. We disagree with it, but you know what is honestly our job? It's our job to change their opinion. And, and, and the truth is, I, I remember there was one time I met someone at, I was at a, I was in Cleveland, okay, at a bus station waiting for the bus. It was like the coldest day ever. It was one of those bitter cold days and the lake effect, the wind and all that stuff. And there was a guy, it was me and another priest, a guy came up to us and he had like, you know, the leather jacket and like he was smoking and the earrings and the stuff. And he was very rude to me and to the other priest. And he was blowing, he, like he had a cigarette. He came up in my face and he blew smoke right in my face. And he was saying very bad things to everyone. He was like, these guys are, you know, he was saying very bad things. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, I don't know, am I going to get in a fight right now? <laughs> I haven't been in a fight since like middle school. Oh like, no. <laughs> I was like, what's going to happen right here? 
But anyway, I didn't get into a fight. But I thought to myself, you know what? The only reason this person's treating me this way is because someone dressed like me must have been really, really bad to this person when he was young or what, or like, it, it's, I'm going to blame it on myself. And I'm going to say, it's my job to make him change his opinion about priests. And I don't think I changed his opinion, but I think the people watching it, probably their opinion was changed when they saw the way I kind of took it and didn't say anything about it or, you know, or that or realized, they realized I was scared. You know, well, I don't know. But my point is, it's our job as Christians to show people that, you know, Christians are not hypocrites. Christians are authentic people. We're good people. And we don't just, you know, want to appear good. We actually, we love and we care about people, even if people disagree with us. So I'm not spiritual, but religious. That, that's, that's a false premise. And that's based on whatever culture is today. But let's, as Christians, let's, let's give people no choice. Let's give people no choice. Let's show them. Okay. And that's what Jesus said. They will know that we are his disciples by our love for one another. And I want to expand that by our love for everyone else out there. Your second question about what does it mean to be spiritual in the Orthodox definition? You know, the, the purest definition of spiritual obviously is connected to the spirit of God. So it means the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God inside of us. So what, why I say that is because sometimes we look at it as um, spiritual means like I'm in tune with nature or it's like a personality thing. And I, I don't know what any of that means. Okay? Yeah. I'm, I'm none of those things. So the true meaning of, of spiritual is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of us, regardless of our personality or whether we are, you know, uh, artsy or whatever it may be. It's about the spirit inside of us. I think that you bring up a very good point about um this idea of being spiritual is like being one with nature and um, for a lot of Christians they lose sight of actually how to um, the practices required to be like you know have that relationship with Christ have that relationship with God and that being spiritual in the sense um, mm -hmm. so uh, definitely and then we also have something else with um, I think Red you, you're going to explain this intentional water versus holy water concept yeah so there was this there's this thing going around uh, words of affirmation is a huge thing where you affirm yourself good good and positive things but saying these good and positive things to water and so that you can consume this new energized water and it uh, and when I first saw that I was like this reminds me of holy water except it's <laughs> priests praying over it for it to become holy so that it transforms us from the inside and I was I thought that was really interesting how like we're changing concepts that were already present in the church so that we can have that power within ourselves to do it but I mean, without well, Christ yeah exactly and what <laughs> it shows you read you read my thoughts what it shows is the emptiness okay that exists in in our world today and and the desire to like Oh, I figured out that this is it right here and to come up with something new and I discovered this thing. And, you know, I, there, I think to myself, like, I feel bad for people who are, are, are so empty that they're looking for, and if I talk to them more than this and looking for, they're looking for a gimmick. When the truth of the matter is like you even mentioned holy water for us, holy water is not, it's not even the priest prays over it. It's that the priest, okay. It, the priest does pray over, but the, what makes the water holy is not my prayers, but it's the presence of the believers in the church 
and it's the prayers of the faithful and it's the readings from the scripture. So we don't look at it as like the priest is holy and he can do this and you people can't. So you, no, I'm not saying it that way. What I'm saying is God is holy and God is the only one that is holy. So water from the presence of God is holy. Same with oil. But this idea of like, you know, no, I can do this and you can do that. As you said in the beginning, it's constructing truth. It's two people sitting together with a pen and paper and saying like, okay, you know, let's, let's make it this and let's make truth this. And I think truth should be this. And then each one comes up with their own, as you said, subject, subjective truth. And that's why we see what we see in the world today, which is a lot of confusion and a lot of chaos and unfortunately a lot of emptiness. Yeah, I totally agree. Something we covered in my anthropology class is this shift to wanting to understand your higher being without institutions. And like even like Gen Z, especially our generation, really wants to take down every institution that is like harmful. And like you said in the beginning, like for for some people, church as an institution has been something that has hurt them. And so I think they tend to lean on something that is broad, covers the idea of like what a religion should be with that spirituality aspect without the institution. So I think that's like why people like, especially our generation tends to lean towards being spiritual rather than religious, but they don't understand that. Or it's been misunderstood that a lot of the religious things that we do create a spiritual benefit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail on the head right there. And again, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. It's our responsibility not to judge because that was Christ, right? Christ came into the world and was confused about truth. He did not judge the world. but He's like, hey, you guys, you missed it right here. This is actually this. And this is actually that. And God is not about mercy. or I'm sorry, not about sacrifice as much as he's about mercy. That's our job. We're the body of Christ. And we're supposed to be the most loving, kindest people who be like, hello, you guys missed it over there. Okay, like you guys, you guys need to come see over here and, and we're going to love people to the truth, not judge them to the truth. Definitely. Um, so we wanted to kind of uh, shift towards our second misconception. And this is praying to the universe is the same as praying to God. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. Ex- I don't know personally how I feel about this, but, you know, really using God and universe interchangeably has been something that I've definitely seen, especially for people who are not as close or not inside the church. Um, and, you know, they say God is the universe, but um, we'd like to definitely get your thoughts about, you know, where do you draw the line from praying to God versus to the universe and that concept just in general? Yeah. And so let's start with truth and then figure out the best way to, you know, communicate that. Truth is, is that God is the creator of all things seen and unseen, which includes everything in the universe. So there is nothing outside of God, nothing. So if you were to draw, uh, this is, is inaccurate, you know, but I mean, it's the best thing. If this circle right here is God, okay, and I have a circle right here that's God, anything that exists is inside this circle. There can be nothing outside it. And obviously, this is a false example because there's no limit to the circle when it's God. So nothing can exist outside of God. But the good thing about God is he's secure in his position. Okay, He's not insecure. He's not like, oh, no, they're going to give my credit to the universe. Like He's okay. And what we, again, as Christians, we need to figure out a way that we can help people see the truth through love okay, and through patience as opposed to through judgment. 
And I think to myself, when St. Paul went to the city of Athens in Acts chapter 17, and they didn't know God. And it said that they had a, uh, a statue, a monument to the unknown God. They had all these gods, and there was the unknown God. St. Paul was very clever. And he said, I'm not going to sit here and tell you people about, like, you're wrong, you're wrong. It's not what he did. He said, okay, how can I use what they already know to, to take them one step closer to the truth? So he said, you guys have this God, this God, this God, and this God. And you have the unknown God. Let me tell you about the unknown God. His name is Jesus Christ. He was born of a virgin. He was crucified on a cross. He rose from the dead on the third day. So he gave that God a name. And then um, he spent some more time there. And eventually he told them that that God <clears throat> was the only true God. And the other ones were all false gods. But I guess my point is he started where the people were and he took them closer to the truth. So I see this question, to be honest, with, with this particular one, that there's there, with all of them, but with this one in particular, there's two kinds of people who are saying this. There's people who don't know any better and then people who are deceitful and deceiving you know, others. We have to have completely different viewpoints towards the two of them. Those who are deceiving others, okay, their sin is gonna come back on their head. Anyone who knows the truth and walks away, that's different than that, you know, sorry to say, that the dumb high school kid who doesn't know his left hand from his right hand, he, his parents, okay, he grew up in a family where his parents didn't teach him anything, never went to church, or his church was disconnected from the universe that he exists in, and he went to some class, and his teacher told him this. So he's like, "Yeah, universe." I don't view that guy as a as as a bad person who needs to be, you know, rebuked. I see him as I feel sorry for him. You know, I feel sorry for that person because he doesn't realize the truth about who God is. Because as much as people want to say the universe and God and interchange, the difference is in the end, the universe doesn't love you, and the universe won't die on a cross for you and send its only begotten Son for you. But God is all those things because God is love. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's important, especially for our listeners who are engaging in these conversations with people who are, you know, contributing to these misconceptions. It's important, like Father Anthony said, to move from a place of love, right? And asking one another, really, what has informed your decision making around this misconception and working your way from there and showing the love of Christ, the love you have for God by practicing patience, by asking these questions and also sharing what you know and how your relationship is with God as, as well. So absolutely, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I love the asking questions and, and looking for clarity. I feel like instead of looking for truth, because we already know truth, right? Father Anthony covered that Christ is truth. Instead of looking or trying to be certain on truth, look looking for certain clarity will guide you towards the right direction and help you from misleading. But but hmm, I also want to bring this up. So there's this thing called words of affirmation, right? So words of affirmation are things that you say to yourself, but they can also be things that you say out loud. So I, I had a friend who was like, oh, I forgot what she said, but she said something um, negative, right? She said something negative about herself or about her future. And she said, oh, never mind. I don't want to, I don't want to speak that into the universe. And I was like, wait, <laughs> wait, what do you mean? <laughs> I didn't understand. And I was kind of confused, like, oh, the universe has that much power that it could bring onto something you said accidentally into the world, like 
into reality. And that and there there come there shows the deficiency of the universe theology. Okay, is that is that life life outside of an intelligent God, a loving God, who created us intentionally? Life outside of that is haphazard and it's chaos and it's every man for himself and oh this and simply if that's the way you're going to live, you're never going to be stable. If you think like that's actually the way they were with like the ancient the Greek gods and the Roman gods and the Zeus this and the Jupiter that and you you know if you say this and the gods would smite you and 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 Christ came to reveal again Christ being the truth to reveal the truth about who God is God is love God is personal God is our Father God is not someone who ah you slipped up what'd you say like I heard that you know so again I feel bad for anyone. I feel bad for anyone who's away from the truth because when you're away from truth, you're away from God. So moving on to our uh, third misconception, <clears throat> which is I can ma- I can manifest anything I want through the law of attraction. So Father Anthony, are you familiar with what law of attraction is? To be honest, no. I've, I think I've heard of it once, but I don't really have, maybe you can explain it to me and then I can understand yeah. a little better. Yes. So in the in the new age or new thought philosophy, the law of attraction is a pseudoscience that's based on the belief that the positive or the negative things that you think in your mind, they bring about uh, mm. positive or negative experiences into your into your life. Mm. So because you've thought of good things, because you tell yourself you know, I'm successful, like I'm amazing. Um, I'm going to do great things. I'm going to marry soon, whatever, whatever you're thinking about all the time that causes you to attract those things because you're thinking about money all the time. You're going to attract money into your life because you're thinking about love. You're going to attract love into your life. So do you think that like speaking things into existence or thinking things into existence is similar to faith without works? I mean, the problem with all these misconceptions, okay, the lies of the devil, they're all subtle. So they start with truth and then they just become like 90%. If it was 100% false, it's easy. You know what I mean? Like if, if someone tells you that, you know, the sky is, is purple, you're like, no, it's not. Okay, that's easy. But it's when it's subtlety and it's nuance. So you know what? There is something to the importance of our words and the importance of our thoughts. Like Christ, or I'm sorry, St. Paul talks about in Romans 12 too, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, and Christ talks about the importance of every word that we say. So for sure, the thoughts that we have and the words that we say do have impact on our lives. But they only have impact in the sense that they're true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that be transformed by the renewing of your mind is all about putting in the true thoughts we, w- we will have our lives be transformed in a positive way. I can't put in a thought that says, I'm six foot 10. I'm six foot 10. I'm six foot 10. We're not, we're not playing games here. You know what I mean? But what the, what the whole idea that is truth is that when I put in words like, I am beloved by God. I am a child of God. That does have power over. That does have power in your life. and will help you to live as a child of God. Or when I put inside my head that says, you know what? If I... Um, if for John 1 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Yes, speaking that, reminding yourself of that truth, memorizing the scripture, the hymns of the church, yes, there's absolute power in it. But then the problem comes, as you were saying, when we start to turn it into, well, you know, 
I don't want to criticize anyone. You know, this talk show host said this, okay, but it might not be true. And then this person told me this. Who told you that's true? So I think, again, the problem there is we are trying to play God and construct our own God and our own truth as opposed to having it revealed to us by God. Yes, I was literally just going to ask you, do we have that power to transform our lives through our thoughts, like transform our, our careers, our relationships, because we thought of it? So I want to say yes and no to that. Okay, Do we have the power? No, we do not have the power, but God has the power and God works through human means. So when God tells me to stand up and pray every day through my action, God works. But the, the concept in orthodoxy, we call it synergy. Okay, and synergy says that it's 100% God, but it can't happen without me. So in, it, the example I always give is like the five loaves and the two fish. The five loaves and the two fish did not lead to the feeding of 5,000 people. There's no way five plus two can lead to 5,000. There's no way. But if he didn't do the five loaves and the two fish, he wouldn't have fed the 5,000. So which one's more important, Jesus's part or the kid's part? Well, without Jesus's part, of course, it wouldn't work. But without the kids part, it also wouldn't work. So you kind of need both. It's, it's, it's called synergy. And each one is 100% responsible in a sense. Okay. And that, that's how we have to look at it is that God has power and God uses us to do things. But this idea of I have the power in myself and I can do what I want and I can control and I, if I just think pot, no, no, no. Okay. Only power that we have comes from God, not from ourselves. I was always a spectacle. spectacle. <sighs> I have such a hard time saying this word, but you know what I'm trying to say. Skeptical. Ske yes, skeptical of this because I have this thing called intrusive thoughts where like I'm doing something very mundane, like it really is the most basic thing. And a thought like for literally two milliseconds will come into my mind. That is something so outrageous and so not so not me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I why did I think like that? Like. I, I don't want to think like this. This is not who I am. And it's like, does that mean, does that mean those have thoughts? Do those thoughts also have power? Because I don't want to give that power. Like, I don't want to have, you know, those negative yeah. things that just literally terrorize me sometimes come, come alive. I don't want it to come become reality because those things aren't even, aren't even me. So that, yeah. And that's what I would say there is one thing for sure. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven talks about how God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind. So those kinds of thoughts, those kind of like attacking thoughts, that, that's not from God, okay? And, and what we have inside of us, the power of God inside of us, that's the power that we need to lean on, rely on, cling to. And that comes from the word of God more than anything else. It's not like, my thoughts, what do I think, and what do you think? It's what does God tell us and reveal to us in the scriptures? Yeah, I definitely agree. And while you both were talking, I was just thinking about, you know, in real life, how do we practice this? And what are some questions that we can ask ourselves? And I was thinking, you know, just when, you know, we are thinking about, you know, how to get a better job and how to do these other things, it's like, are our actions and our thoughts centered in Christ? 
are the things that we are doing reflect and align with the word? Um, So I just think that these are just a couple of questions that we should always be asking ourselves or maybe asking others and to keep reminding us like what path that we're on and if that's the path that has Christ in it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that. I love that way of wording it. Yep. I also want to share a verse, John uh, 6.37, which says, all all those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Absolutely. Absolutely. Beautiful. Beautiful. And transitioning us just to our fourth misconception is a lot of people say there's a divine spirit guiding me, right? So the idea of Holy Spirit versus spirit guide, you know, I personally don't know much about this. I don't know about you, Father Anthony, but, you know, really in your eyes, what do you see the difference of like, what is a spirit guide and um, how does it differ from um, the Holy Spirit? So I'm with you in the sense that I I can't say I'm very well versed in the subject, but I would say this is one that we do need to be very careful because we know that there are, are many spirits. We know that there are evil spirits. Okay, I mean, Jesus spent half his ministry casting them out of people. Mm-hmm. And we know that, that that's still true today. But sometimes we take that to an extreme. And anytime someone you know, does something, we say evil spirit, I'm not ready to go to that extreme. But we, we, do, we definitely have to be careful when it comes to dealing in the spiritual world that we know that there is the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God who we received um, through the sacraments and, and and anything outside of the Holy Spirit, we got to be really, really careful about. Um, and we don't want to mess with that kind of world. With that said, we don't want to be afraid okay? because the power that's in us will always be greater than the power that's outside. So we don't want to be afraid. You know, I know sometimes people are like, oh, no, what if an evil spirit comes in me? Evil spirit won't come in you unless you give him power to come inside you. Okay, but can't be there against your will in the sense of like, there was something that you did to invite the evil spirit in. So let's not be, you know, go to that extreme. But yes, to answer your question, we must be very careful about anything um, in this area of spirit guides. Yeah, I'm thinking um, people talk about spirit guides as like their ancestors. Mm-hmm. Or this one girl talked about an experience when, you know, there was a woman in her dreams telling her, like, answering personal questions about that she had about her future and she was like and her friend she she was by the way this is all in a youtube uh, not youtube video in a tiktok video where she talks about her experience with her friend and her friend is telling her like don't be scared of your uh, spirit guide like she's just there to help you and i was like oh my god (laughs) what does this mean yeah and that's that's the great example of the blind leading the blind you know of 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 going to with all due respect to the world of TikTok, which I guess I need to get on it since it's so enlightening for so many please, people. Please get on. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, as, as you said in the beginning, is that, you know, our, our Orthodox Christian faith has been around for 2,000 years, okay? And I always say, when it comes to my salvation, when it comes to my eternity, when it comes to my life forevermore, I don't want something new. I don't want tried and true. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm gonna buy a new cell phone, okay, like, Leah, I'll take your opinion on a cell phone or red. If I'm buying a new pair of shoes, what do you think? Okay. But if I'm talking about, like, my eternal, with all due respect to you guys, like, I want someone 
who's been doing this thing for 2,000 years and figured this out. And that's the church. The church didn't just show up yesterday. Church hasn't been around for a week or two weeks. It's not like, oh yeah, I think we should. No, no, no. Like this stuff has been tested over time and over ages. What the church gives to us is the formula for life. Okay. And when I say life, not like this life, but life, real life, abundant life, eternal life, both in this life and in the one to come. So that, like, I hope our listeners, I hope that's what we take away from this is that we are not here to try to come up with, you know, new ideas or cool ideas or like, oh, I heard this or, or something. No, 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 no. What we're here is exactly to be the exact opposite. We're here to bring, as we always talk about, an ancient faith into the modern world. We're here to take what has been handed down to us for centuries and see how we can communicate that using the modern languages and the modern technologies and whatever modern tools we have. Faith doesn't change. Okay, the world is constantly changing, but the faith, that's throughout all ages. I totally agree with you. So what do you say is the Holy Spirit's role in guiding us? The Holy Spirit is, is, is God within us. Okay, and it's, it's the fulfillment of when Jesus says to his disciples, I will never leave you alone. I will not leave you orphans, and I'll be with you forever until the end of the ages. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God himself. Same God the Father, okay? spoke in the old testament and spoke many times and gave the ten commandments who we see his incarnation okay in the in in the son okay god the holy spirit okay all three persons one essence so it's one god and three persons so there's no difference between I shouldn't say there's no difference meaning like there's no difference in godhead and divinity between the father and the son and the holy spirit so we have god inside of us which is everything that we need when we have god inside of us then we rely on him to guide us and be with us. And when we pray and say, God, help me decide, we trust that God will work through our intellect as well as in our spirit, as well as through the wise counsel around us, God will use all those things to guide me. And when we are troubled and sad, we ask God, please comfort us. And we trust that, again, God will use the word of God in the scripture. He'll use my friends around me. He'll use this sermon, whatever it may be, to comfort my heart. God will use all things that are around me to accomplish his will in my life. That's really, that's really beautiful. And, and that's so true. I don't, I don't know if I should bring this up because I don't want it to be misunderstood. But the idea of, you know, God being within us could actually be used for back to back up the fact that we can bring the bring things into existence or that we can like, you know, use manifestation or we can um, be spiritual, be religious or be spiritual without church and religion. So what, what do you say to that? Well, there was a, a heresy back um, in the early church days, which forgive me, I don't remember what it was called, but basically you see it all the time now in like the Far East religions, which is that we become God. So that, that idea of like the Holy Spirit is inside me, so therefore I become God. That's not at all, okay, our, our, that's not the truth. Okay, the truth is not that I become God, but is that I have God within me. It's, it's a mystery, okay, in the same way that Virgin Mary held God inside her, but she was not God, she was human, okay, but she held God within her. In the same way that Christ himself is fully God and fully man, okay, this is a mystery. So the mystery is that you and I, 
We are 100% human, but we hold within us the, by the grace of God, okay, the spirit of the living God dwells inside of us and we are the temple of the living spirit and we are the body of Christ. So it's a great mystery. But one thing we know that it doesn't mean is that we ourselves are God and that we ourselves can do whatever it is that we want to do. That's for sure. Again, not the teaching of the church. And this was clarified again several centuries ago. But you know what? To be honest, all these false teachings, they sound new, but they're not. Okay, they come up, but they just they just go in. It's like fashion, you know, like what was in the 80s is now back in fashion now, which is great for me because I was in the 80s, um, grew up then. So it's it, it, it's it's cyclical, but the truth stays the same. I think that is such a great point about a, a lot of this being fads and, you know, maybe in five years, people will not be talking about this, but it's, you know, it's not necessarily new. And the, the fact that you bring this up from the Pharisees as well, I think it's such an interesting point just to, to tie back of, you know, the rebranding as new age spirituality really is not actually new age mm-hmm. spirituality. Everyone wants to feel like they discovered something new. Exactly. But the truth is it's been around and it'll, it'll come back and it'll, yeah. Yeah, that's why we called it diet spirituality. It's like a <laughs> watered down yeah. without the carbs. There you go. <laughs> the last thing about this divine spirit guide thing is um, something called angel numbers, which is when you see multiple, like if you, you know, every time you look at the clock, it's like one, one, one. And then, oh my God, you open your book and you just suddenly turn to page 111, you know, maybe somebody's trying to talk to you, you know, like your spirit guide is trying to talk to you. How, I think we should debunk that. And then also, how does God talk to us? How do we know that God is talking to us? And can God talk to us through 111? That's the real question. (laughs) (laughs) So God, I mean, there's no limit to how God can speak. So I want to be careful to say this one is that God can speak through dreams. God can speak through numbers. God can, but by far, okay, 99.9% of the time, the means by which God speaks to us today is through the word of God, the scriptures. That's how God speaks to us. God can speak through a dream, but I, that wouldn't be my default. I had a dream. It must be God speaking to me. Okay. That would be like only about sure. Same with the numbers and same with like you know, the fortune cookie or whatever it is like those God can absolutely speak those. But the way that God speaks to us on a daily basis is in the Bible. So I would encourage all of our listeners get out there. Okay. The best way to fight against false lies. Okay. Against deception is to be, be confirmed in the truth. So I don't need to study all the lies. I just need to really, really know the truth. Think about it. Like someone who uh, counterfeit money, a counterfeit money detector. He doesn't keep up with all the, the counterfeits because it's impossible because all those new ones. But he studies the real dollar bill so well. And he knows it so well inside and out that as soon as something comes, that's not the same. That's not the same. He can spot it. That's how we need to be. We need to know our faith and we need to know our Bible. And we hear the voice of God there. So as soon as we are confirmed, like we're confirmed in that, and someone comes in, one, 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 you're like, get rid of that. <laughs> we're getting nonsense, okay? That's not how God speaks. That's not a gimmick. That is not like a, a hocus pocus kind of a guy. God speaks, he speaks clearly, okay? And he says in John chapter 10, that my sheep hear my voice, okay? That my sheep hear my voice. So it's not in a hidden, it's not hide and seek. God wants to be heard and he will speak to us, but the main, the primary means will always be in the Bible. 
that's a great way to end our episode. Um, we touched up on um, some quote unquote new age spirituality misconceptions, as well as thinking about actually how empty our lives would be without Christ and, you know, how we should move and engage in a manner, in a loving manner as Christ had when we are kind of talking about our relationship with Christ and also talking about people with people who, who may not have that relationship with Christ and revealing what that could look like for them. Yeah. So in the meantime, you know, email feedback, email feedback or questions to yotcpodcast at gmail.com and follow our Instagram at uh, yotc or at young underscore otc for regular updates. Make sure to share our podcast. Uh, you have the power to share Christ's message and YOTC's mission. Uh, thank you again, Father Anthony, for joining us today. We really appreciate you having a, being here on this podcast. We also encourage our listeners to check out The Well on Apple as well as Spotify. Um, I'm not sure. Are there any other um, platforms? Yeah, so Apple and Spotify. It's a really great podcast. Um, I enjoy it myself. But uh, thank you for listening to Revisionist Faith and we'll catch up with you all in in two weeks. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you.